Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. And welcome to episode 202 of Slamfire Radio for April 21st, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. And I'm Adriel. And that's it. <laughs> Just us two. Just the two of us. <laughs> I know I'm not going to sing this time. Yes, I think thank last you. time there was singing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Let's avoid that. that yeah. Yes, please. That would be great. So yeah, Trevor is a slacker and Kelly's on her way to Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know what Trevor's up to. I was going to actually ask him to find out, but he, he said things and stuff, and so he's off doing... He's probably playing with his new truck, probably washing it or something. Because, you know, Just new trucks are cool. Speaking sweet nothings to it while he washes it down? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, I, I, guess, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into what we did with guns, huh? Yeah. Usually there's more banter, but with those two gun, I mean, we, you and I don't talk a whole lot, so. Oh, we can banter on the, on the gun stuff. I guess. Yeah. All right. So what we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. And they are hosting uh, Dynamic Pistol 2 on May 13th and 14th. So if you missed Dynamic Pistol 1, there's another class on June 3rd and 4th, so... I'm not entirely sure what that is, but I'm guessing it's some sort of uh, uh, pistol shooting class. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, they don't steal all of our students, huh? <laughs> Trevor and I are going to get nervous. Uh-oh. Competition. Well, I, think, uh, I think your guys' <laughs> students are a special kind of student. They certainly are. It takes a special kind to come out and learn from the, the specialness that is Trevor and I. <laughs> we're, we're a special yeah. kind of special. <laughs> yeah. You got the market for special locked up. Yeah, we got it cornered. All right. Well, what I did in guns this week wasn't a whole lot. I took the 22, Jules 22 actually, the 795, and my PAR down to my parents uh, last weekend. It was Easter weekend, and so everybody got together. And as is tradition, we shot guns. That's not really a tradition, but I'm I'm starting to make it hopefully become a tradition. So. Anyway, yeah, everybody uh, got at least a mag out of the 795, and I brought my my swinger targets, my gongs. Um, oh, cool! And we we all just you know, mom, dad, all the nephews, friends, brother-in-law, Jewel. So uh, she she's right here, and she's saying three. I don't understand what that means. Oh, an Avalon shot too. Yeah, a little three-year-old. Curtis's uh Curtis's little one. She loved it. She could hardly pull the trigger. She had like three <laughs> fingers in there trying to get the trigger to go. <laughs> it was pretty darn cute. I uh managed to actually get her to hit the gong by sort of aiming from behind a little bit. <laughs> so it was kinda cool. She really enjoyed herself. And and then we blew up a snowman because again we're trying to start the tradition of of blowing up things on Easter. So my nephews, I told it the the snow is perfect for packing and making snowmen, 
And so my nephews, uh, I told them to, I gave them each a quarter pound of tannerite and said, uh, go, go make a snowman and put this in the snowman somewhere. <laughs> and so they each built a snowman and one snowman had the, well, they both had the, the tannerite, uh, was the nose. So all you had to do is hit him in the nose and, uh, and boom. So yeah. <laughs> Did you get That's, that on video? Uh, yes. And I'm tagged in it, but it's not posted on my wall unless I f- shared it, but I'll, I'll share it onto the, uh, uh, slam fire. Oh, sweet. And that way everybody can see that. I'll do that when I'm done talking here. That way everybody yeah. can see that by the time uh, the show's out. Uh, my, my brother-in-law took the video on his iPhone with the slow-mo. So it's a, a nice slow-mo <laughs> of the... <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it's kind of crappy quality because he was standing back at a safe distance, of course, and used the zoom on his iPhone, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. But he had no choice. So that's all he could do. So it, it turned out close enough. You could you could kind of see what's going on. But but yeah, blew up snowmen and uh, shot 22 with friends and family. So I don't know how I could have had a better time, really. Sweet. Sounds like a good Easter. Oh, yeah, ham and guns. I, <laughs> really, I mean, come on. <laughs> and the, and explosions. And, and explosions. Dead snowmen. <laughs> yeah. So what about you? What did you get up to? Oh, you know, standard Easter stuff with, uh, no, totally non-standard Easter stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, too, eh? Snow Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you went snow goose hunting, didn't you? Yeah, and uh, it was pretty incredible. So my you, buddy... You posted uh, some pictures. You shot a ridiculous amount of snow geese. Yeah, there was uh, we could have shot more, <laughs> but we just we just wanted to like kind of take it easy and uh, uh, yeah. So um, my buddy, uh, my buddy's cousin uh, runs uh, uh, a hunting lodge out of uh, uh, Bittern Lake, uh, which is kind of near Camaros, Alberta, and uh, and he said, hey, I know where there's some snow geese. Do you want to like this? Isn't what I normally do. Normally he just does like waterfowling and that kind of thing. Uh, but do you want to come out and, uh, and get some snow geese? And we're like, heck yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we headed out and he had scouted out a couple of fields where there were a whole pile of snow geese. And we went to those fields, uh, did a little bit of scouting as well, saw thousands of them, like 2000 ish, uh, snow geese on these, uh, on these two fields. Um, that's uh, a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot of birds. And, uh, uh, so we went back the next day. Uh, we set out some decoys. Um, he had uh, two big, big bags of uh, of shells for snow geese, um, which is kind of the old way of uh, of doing decoys. Because the the bags, uh, when I say bags, I'm talking like a cargo bag that you could fit a quad into, uh, essentially. So think <laughs> think of that size. Okay. Two of those, <laughs> and that that was just a hundred decoys. So like the, the these things are bulky. They take up a lot of room. Do they like uh, they stack really inside of each other or anything? No, like Russian no, dolls they or because they got a head on all of them. Uh, oh. So they don't they don't stack really well. That's the thing. So they're right? just like each one takes up the space of one decoy. Uh huh. They're oh, hollow on the man. bottom, but uh, yeah, they they take up a lot of space. So um, I brought some uh, some silo socks out, which are these. Uh, Basically, like uh, oh, Tyvek wrap and uh, Coroplast plastic, and they smush down to like nothing. Um, I'll get, I got a video I'm actually working on that I'll have out not tonight, but uh, tomorrow night, just on on what those are like. And uh, those those you can pack in uh, uh, like three four hundred into like a hockey bag kind of a oh, size. Yeah. So. I, I just googled an image on them. I, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. And do, do they they work just as good as a 
Um, I don't. You know, it's hard to say whether they work just as good. We we had some in the spread, mm-hmm. um, and the the nice thing about those is that they offer a little bit of movement, so they're they're kind of moving right. around. Yep. And uh, I'm sorry, this isn't this isn't a, a decoy show. <laughs> this is a gun show. But well, anyway, yeah, you need decoys good. to shoot things with your guns. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it applies. Trust me. If Trevor can talk about archery, you can talk about decoys. <laughs> yeah. So they worked. I mean, uh, we we put some of those out. There was a lot of snow on the ground, so we had to put the decoys. Um, we were we were in a, a field that still had some, uh, 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 still had uh, the crop from from the last year, kind of a thing, just right. uh, just combined out. So we put the uh, we put the decoys on those uh, uh, where those. Stacks were, and uh, we basically we put on uh, whiteout uh, clothing and just sat in the snow. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, because it was it, like the nice thing about like snow on the ground is it's it's excellent camouflage. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So we sat out, and it didn't take long, and they started flying over. But we're primarily catching them as they were uh, as they were just flying over, going in between their their spots to feed, and uh, uh, and the the lake that's nearby there. Um, so we didn't have to, like, we, none of them came in to land, but they'd come in close enough to take a look mm-hmm. that's, that we could get some shots off out of them and, uh, and, and start taking some of them down. There were, uh, uh, there were a lot of, uh, specks, uh, uh, speckled geese out there that, uh, that came in really close. And there were a couple of, uh, Canadian geese that, uh, that, did, <laughs> that were like, I could hit you with a stick right now. What are you doing? <laughs> But uh, but the snows are primarily in those larger groups, and uh, and they didn't come as close. But they came close enough to uh, to catch some some steel and uh, uh, you know take 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 a nap and. Well, that's good. Yeah, so um, so we, we got a bunch of those. I got to use um, that Browning A5, and it worked really really good. That one that uh, that I've got uh, on loan from Sylvester's Sporting Goods. Right. Um, so I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked well enough that you wanted one. So yeah, I really you, like this, and I kind of, uh, I kind of want one for three guns. So I <laughs> is that the one that does the auto load thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does the auto load thing. It's got a great uh, uh, lifter on it. That's I, I really like. So so I bought one of those. What's um, the, what's the going rate on those things these days? Uh, fifteen hundred bucks right oh, around yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a brand new fifteen hundred dollar gun, and what do I do with it? I take out the Dremel and I start mangling the loading. <laughs> As port. any red blooded Canadian should do. <laughs> <laughs> I would have bought a used one, but it, like the thing is, like the the prices on these things, new new, is is quite a bit higher. They're right around seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred. Whereas some of this old stock is going for quite a bit cheaper, right around fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred. If you're really looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, the the used prices aren't that good right now. There there are people asking for what what. Uh, you know, seventy five percent of what they paid, and and uh, so I bought new. Yeah, you um, might. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, one other cool thing with the with the um, geese, we used the trailer hitch, uh, bird processing blade thing. I don't know if you've seen any of those things. It's this really weird thing. You you um you can pull a bird through it, and it basically guts them and pulls the breast off and the legs and separates it all, and you're left with just the breast and the wings uh, afterwards. So Really? That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've done gross that way where you step on the wings and you pull yeah, on the yeah. feet. Yep. It kind of does that, but like on a much bigger bird, you can't right. do that. Yeah, you can't uh, really do that with a goose. <laughs> no, but uh, but it does it like this thing does them, and man, you can do them fast. Nice. <laughs> I was, well, that's I was a quick kind of looking to... at uh, uh, looking at the the birds there, and I was like, oh man, am I gonna have to like breast these out and use a knife? Nope, 
use this like weird trailer hitch thing and we'll we'll do a pile of them. Is it powered or do you just like pull it through? It's like a sharp just blade or something. Yeah. yeah. It's not even that sharp, but it's uh it's angled in a way that uh that slowly works its way in. So it's uh <laughs> it's it kind of cool, kind of a <laughs> uh, a neat thing. I didn't I didn't know that those things. Well, I knew they existed. I just hadn't uh hadn't played with one before, so that was kind of cool. That is kind of uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, anytime yeah. you can make processing game easier, especially when you're shooting high numbers like geese and and ducks and stuff, you know, it's uh it's really nice to be able to do that sort of thing quickly. Nothing sucks worse than, "All right, I had a great day shooting geese, now I've got 7 hours of cleaning to do." Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I want to try that uh, that golf ball uh deer quad thing. I don't know if you've seen that one before, but you I have not. get a golf ball under the hide, you wrap it up in some string, you you hook up your deer to a to the to your quad or a winch or whatever, and you take off the other way, and it just rips the hide right off. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to try that one. So maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll try that one this November. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, a great great trip. Uh, really uh, uh, really fun. And how many of you guys went? Uh, there were five of us out oh, yeah. there. It's a yeah. good number. Not too much yeah. to be running into each other, but still lots of help to set up all the decoys and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of setup and a lot of uh, a lot of work in the morning, and <laughs> you've mm. got to wake up so. Or I'm not a morning person, and by God, I had to wake up so early. Well, <laughs> Owen's invited me out goose hunting several times and duck hunting, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds like fun. He goes, we got to get up at three. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have fun. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'll probably go with them someday, but I haven't gone yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably go in uh, in September here. I think I'm gonna um, get some decoys and try for uh, for Canadian geese because that seems like yeah, let's get a couple real big geese and, and then there's lots of meat to work with. Are the Canada geese bigger? Yeah, they're they're quite a bit bigger than okay. uh, snows. The snows are like a, a quite a bit smaller of a breast on them, but okay. Yeah, uh, that was the snow geese hunting. Uh, cool. I got that Browning A5. I got a stalker, which is like a black one, primarily because I'm going to be using it for three gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to get a, a an extension tube and follower. I already ordered it from uh, Casey at Tactical Ordnance. So yeah, he's good. I've, yeah, I've gotten like, lots of shotgun stuff done with him. He's a uh, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. And uh, what did I get? What, what was the extension tube? The one that you should always get. Oh, it's escaping me. I don't know. Nordic. There ah, we go. Nordic right. components. Yeah, the cool. uh, the aluminum ones there, as well as one of their uh, uh, Teflon followers, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So, so that's gonna bump you up to uh, to five three and a halfs. Yeah, that the factory tube on this thing only takes three uh, three and a halfs or four two and three quarters, and I yeah. kind of thought that most of them, most tubes take what five. Well, legal limit is five for semi-auto, yeah. but yeah. most—I mean, most of these guns are used for waterfowl hunting. That—that's that, yeah. what most semi-auto shotguns are used. And everywhere in North America that I'm aware of, you're limited to three rounds total in your gun. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't make sense for most manufacturers to put big long tubes on if they know they're being used for for waterfowl. They're—you mm-hmm. know—people are going to be plugging them to, to to one plus two anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the case with, uh, well, that's what this shotgun is supposed to be designed for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet you the guys at Browning didn't think like, oh, I'll put all this care into the shotgun. And then immediately out of the packaging, some Yahoo with a Dremel is going to get at it. <laughs> Start grinding away at this of our beautiful creation that we put all this time into. <laughs> yep. But uh, no, that was anyway. So I'm, I'm excited to, to try that. 
um, uh, especially with that extension tube on there because it feeds so slick and that, that auto load is, is really nice. So it is. I like that auto load feature. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I've got the loading port all, I, I didn't do like a high gloss polish on it because I find uh, aluminum is like a little bit sticky on, on hands if you, uh, if you polish the heck out of it. Uh, whereas like a rougher surface doesn't, uh, doesn't grab as much. Yeah. It's weird uh, how that, how that works that way, doesn't it? Yeah. So, some guys like do like a mirror polish on their, on their Which loading port. Which is great on really steel. Good. Yeah, yes. and it works great on steel. It's slick as not, but when you do it with aluminum, yeah, like you said, for some reason it seems to get all like grabby. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't, and and it also works for me because I'm uh, I'm really I don't want to put more time into it than I have to. So I'll right. uh, I'll, I'll run this and I'll see how it works. I've already like uh, polished all the little grabby uh, parts on it, so it's really slick, uh, and I'm, I can quad load it very quickly now. Awesome. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm excited to try it out in a match. Uh, cool, I think cool. uh, I think that's it for me. All right. Well, I guess we'll do some upcoming events then. We Sweet. got uh, the seventh annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot Saturday, July eighth at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club, and that's being hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast this year and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. And this year's charity is Many to One. So I hope to see a lot of our listeners out at this event this summer because it's going to be a lot of fun and supporting a good cause. Yep. We got uh, four days spots, four days spots, yeah. Four sp- <laughs> wow, I'm going to try that again. We got four spots left for day one and still zero for day two of the Alberta Pistol Course. Um, that's July 15th and 16th this year. If you're interested in day one or interested in, in getting on the list for day two, you can email us at slamfireradio@gmail.com. Um, and we're going to be doing a pub night Thursday that's in Edmonton. We're going to do that, right? Yes, either a pub night or we'll, again, do that at that patio. Uh, right. I think we'll do the patio thing because yeah, yeah. I've got a – as long as the weather's okay, I've, I've got a, access to a patio that's uh, kind of close to downtown um, with some good parking. So it, it might awesome. be convenient for people to, to head in and – yeah, you know, so just even, have a beer on a patio kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So even for the people who aren't actually coming to the course but live in Edmonton or in the Edmonton area and want to meet up with Trevor, Adriel, and I and anybody else who shows up, yeah, you, we'll, we'll have more details on that as we get closer to that date. But uh, yeah. I think it'll be a, a good time just to kind of hang out with everybody for a little while while we're in town because we don't normally go out west, so we don't get to meet up with <laughs> you guys ever. So kind of yeah. cool to hang out. Yeah. All right, the second annual Ronnie DeGroot Steel Challenge at the Rusty Goose Gun Club is June 3rd this year. Starts at 10, it's 20 bucks, and it's 250 rounds. There will be Steel Challenge stages and shoot-off competitions. I went last year, last year was the first annual, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. If you are in the anywhere near Rusty Goose Gun Club in New Brunswick, you got to come out and check this out because it uh, it's a real blast. Uh, Caps is coming to Grand Prairie July 28th and 29th. He needs that. Uh, oh, did I say July? I meant June. Yeah. June 28th and 29th. So he needs uh, 10 people to join before April 28th for that class to go. And the class at the Rusty Goose Gun Club has been canceled for lack of interest. So uh, we may get him out again sometime, but we're definitely going to have to get people signed up and prepaid before. Uh, before you know he's going to come out because I mean he he doesn't live here he doesn't live near here so we got to make sure that uh, his costs are covered and all that stuff so uh, if you are interested and you're in the New Brunswick area let us know and we'll start a list and uh, we'll get him out here whenever we get enough people the BTSA 
is having some young gun shooting contests in the Calgary area at Sybil's Flats. It's April 22nd is the Easter Bunny shoot. September 30th is the Turkey shoot. October 22nd is the Pumpkin shoot. December 31st is the Snowshoe shoot. And you can contact Louie or or Nick, sorry, contact Nick Louie or sign up on Facebook. And the Facebook link is somewhere. You can find that, I'm sure. So... <laughs> Um, from Ryan, the Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge PRS match is going to be running September 1st to through the 3rd at the Canadian Forces Base Meaford. Registration opens May 1st at 10. Uh, check them out on Facebook if you're interested in doing that. The Ragnarok Tactical is running a carbine operator course at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club April 22nd. Cost is 176 plus tax, and you can get more info at RagnarokTactical.ca. And then, Angel, do you have any three-gun matches coming up soon? You bet. Uh, on sa- This Saturday, on the 22nd, the Mighty Peace three-gun is going to have a match at the Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie. Uh, the Valcar- Valcartier multi-gun uh, event is going to happen April 29th in Quebec. So if you're looking for three-gun in Quebec, that's your option. And uh, this one's not confirmed, but... Lakeland 3-Gun is doing a range cleanup on uh, April the 22nd, and they said that they're going to have matches on the last Saturday of every month, so I think they're doing one this month, but I haven't got a confirmation from them just yet. So uh, that one will be at uh, Cold Lake Fish and Game Club uh, in Alberta. So lots of 3-Gun uh, coming up. Cool. 3-Gun's fun. Yep. All right, I guess it's time for the news. What do we got for news? <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple. Here, I'll, I'll start with the real news here, and, and then we'll get into the uh, uh, the new products and what's coming up here in Canada. Uh, this one is uh, six long guns stolen from South Frontenac home. South Frontenac OPP are asking for public assistance after six long guns were stolen from a home in the Verona area. Police say that the firearms were stolen some sometime between April 7th and 14th from a Snyder Road residence. The weapons include Savage Long Range Hunter Rifle with Post and Scope, 338 caliber, so that'll be a 338 Lapua. Uh, Savage Axis uh, Vortex Viper Rifle. Okay, an Axis with a Vortex Viper Scope, 243 in caliber. <laughs> I'm going to just like paraphrase these because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think whoever's doing the reporting doesn't know anything about guns. Uh, a Mossberg 12-gauge pump action, uh, light brown. A Winchester Ranger 12-gauge pump action. A Savage Lady Hunter with Scope 308 and a Rossi uh, Rifle 303. Anyone who has information on the theft is asked to contact police or Crime Stoppers. Cool. Well, not cool. It's never cool when guns get stolen, but hopefully spreading this information around can help get some of them back. <clears throat> yep. I mean, there's not really a lot of 338 Lapuas out there, so if you, if you see a Savage 338 Lapua... And the yeah. person doesn't look like they really should own a 338 Lapua. Yeah. And, and if, if their pants aren't pulled all the way up, there's a good or, chance. <laughs> or if they have a string for a belt kind of thing. Yeah. Like maybe maybe that's not the person that's got the, that really does uh, legitimately own a rifle that fires $5 bullets. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, um, hopefully those can be found. We got some. So are these like new products, or I guess this first one is sort of a back in stock. It's the Kiapa 1892 Alaskan Scout. It's a, a lever action rifle with a 12 inch barrel, chambered in 44 Magnum. I'm looking at a picture of one right now. It looks amazing. I'd love to have one of these. Nice and short, compact, 44 mag. Oh, 
Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with a matte hard chromed uh, finish, Skinner sights. And for those of you who don't know what Skinner sights are, it's uh, it's like a peep sight. So they're, I, I don't know anybody who's ever shot peep sight, I, they'll probably tell you that they are very easy to shoot and very accurate. They're nice and quick too. Um, it's a takedown, so apparently it, it comes apart, which is really cool. It's got the D-loop lever, so it's uh, good for gloves and big mitts and stuff in cold weather. Uh, wood stock and forend with overmolded rubber, and like I said, yeah, chambered in 44 Magnum. So that would be a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, those are very cool. Wanstalls has those, right? Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Wanstalls does, yeah. Cool. I'll take the uh, next one here. Uh, Wild West has the Double Alpha Mr. Bullet Feeder in stock. This is a bullet feeder that uh, you plug onto your uh, uh, Dylan Progressive Press. When I first read Bullet Feeder, I was thinking, like, this is some sort of new mag I can stick on the side of my Glock or something, and it just, like, feeds bullets (laughs) into it. (laughs) They're using bullet properly. I know, right? But that's not how we all read it. I'm like, a bullet feeder? Woo! Because usually I'm used to people miss... uh, Miss, miss calling things, calling them the wrong mm-hmm. words. But yeah, no, this is literally a bullet feeder for your Dylan 650. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you basically dump your dump your bullets in the in the top there, and it'll uh, sort them out, get them facing the right way, and then feed them into a tube so that you can uh, run your stuff a little bit more automatic, right? I want to know how they how it it sorts them properly. I guess by weight, like the the bottom of the bullet's heavier than the top, so maybe there's some sort of balance point or something, and they all like land base down. I I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I'd assume something like that. It'd be but, cool uh, if it, you know, it put them in backwards, and then you get all these like flat nosed <laughs> wad cutters in your gun. <laughs> <laughs> Those will feed great in a Glock, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. What else we got here? Uh, North Pro has the Norinco Hiker. That's a 13-inch barreled 22 in uh, in a bolt-action rifle. I used to have the Savage version of this, and this is um, the Norinco version is based on the CZ. Uh, oh, CZ really? 450 or 452 or something like that. So it's the same action as as what the CZ has, and in fact uses the same mags if I remember correctly. So anybody with a CZ would be able to double up on the mags, but they're neat little guns, and, and a hiker is a good name for it, because with a 13-inch barrel, it's so short, you just, you know, stick it, like, in your quad, like, the seat back of your quad, like, it'll fit in there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can fit it in a backpack, almost, like, they're just, they're so little, and they're just, they're great. And the one I had, um, I, yeah, it was a Savage one, but I'm, I've heard good things about this Norinco one, too. They're accurate. Huh. A lot of people think that with that shorter barrel, you know, you lose accuracy, but we've discussed this in the past. Uh, you get really good accuracy. In fact, I kept mine with just the, the open sights for the majority of the time that I had it. I did have a scope on it for a while, but I ended up with uh, with open sights on it for a while, and then I uh, I upgraded to peep sights. And it was it was amazingly accurate. If I could see it, I could hit it. Like, it was it was a great gun. So I bet you these little hikers, Norinco ones, are, are great, too. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, well, I mean, you want like a quad gun for shooting grouse and that kind of thing, and you, well, you don't want cheap, anything right? too expensive. What is it, 200 yeah. bucks? Yeah, like, 199 even. Yeah. So it's, really, the the next cheapest thing you could get would be, well, you could probably get a 795, which is <laughs> not quite as short, but I guess that's the only thing. Yeah, what, what's the, uh, uh, they're, those are what, 18 and a half inch on the 795? Uh, they're 18 19? inch, yep. 18 inch, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I Run Guns has the Canic TPS, uh, sorry, TP9 SFX. So you might have heard of the TP9 
uh, oh, it's, now it's escaping TP9SA, that's it, uh, which is uh, kind of like a Walther-style uh, pistol that uh, Canik makes. Uh, but they're making a, a race version now, so it's got a little bit of a, a longer barrel on it. It's got some ports on the slide to uh, to lighten things up. And a couple of other things that would make it uh, an okay choice for uh, uh, kind of like a production open-ish gun. It's got some... Uh, like mag catches and slide stops and all that kind of thing I are upgraded. I don't know if production it would be it's, legal for that. No, so it's like <laughs> ish, but like this this would be like an open or a three gun pistol kind of right, a thing. Yeah, right? Yeah, because I I think in production the max barrel length is five inches. So and this you're, is over. Already done with five point two. Yeah. I think it's five inches anyway. It might maybe it's five and a yeah. half. I don't remember, but but yeah, still so. it doesn't doesn't look like it would be a production gun to me. But you know for three gun definitely it's definitely definitely a competition gun. That's for sure. Yes, yes, a competition gun. Sorry. Yeah. Stated here, it's got I'm a spot sorry, where you care. can pull the. Uh... <laughs> I don't care if you're wrong. We I don't care wrong. if you're wrong. Just I make sure that I correct you. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so it's got uh, a spot where you can pop a red dot on it, so you can slide out the uh, the top there and and pop on a red dot. Uh, it's got a fiber well, that'd optic. Be, that'd be one of those rail mounted red dots, eh? Uh, no, not rail mounted. Slide, slide mounted. Slide, slide mounted. mounted. Yeah, that's what I meant yeah. to say. Yeah, it's got uh, four mounting plates, uh, a couple of different kinds of match ca- uh, mag catches, uh, and, a, and a lot of other things that are that are somewhat interesting. So um, that's five fifty US, which I don't know how many uh, Canadian pesos that works out to, but uh, 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 interesting, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be like what, what like a, a an inexpensive open gun, I guess. Maybe, maybe. It- yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look. I, I think if you were going to get into open, you you definitely, well, maybe not. Maybe somebody wants to. to get into open on a budget. I guess it could be a, a good starter gun for that. But Trevor would probably, Trevor's probably pulling his hair out going, no, don't even think about it. But maybe <laughs> maybe he isn't. Maybe he's thinking, I don't know. I don't know much about open guns. I Honestly, I don't know much about it at all, the shooting. I, I know a lot about the Glock and production, and that's it, because that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, that's an option. That's out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and if you're looking for pants, Canada Ammo has you covered. Apparently, if you need wiper blades, they got some of them, too. Yep. Which I learned tonight, which is odd. However, you got to see where you're going. And these <laughs> tactical operator's pants, they give you plus two agility whenever you're operating. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes them tactical operator pants. That's it. Just regular pants don't add anything to your agility, but tactical operator pants yeah. plus two. So yep. these... These are like your sort of watered down 511 pants kind of thing. Like they're they're they got extra padding over the knees and and you know the pockets are reinforced and there's lots of pockets, um, but they're not as expensive as 511s. So we'll we'll see how good they are. I'm gonna order a pair. Yeah, same here. How, how many? However many I have to get to uh, to get that two hundred dollar free shipping. That's right. Canada Ammo is two hundred dollar free shipping. So you buy a twenty nine dollar pair of pants, but uh, you got to get that free shipping. So you buy a hundred and eighty or hundred and seventy dollars worth more stuff to save those fifteen dollars <laughs> of shipping. <laughs> they yeah. really know how to corner us, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, me. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> awesome. And the last one here we have is uh, Tenda. Uh, has the Chris Vector Gen 2s, and they've got them for uh, just about uh, $2,000. And they've got a ton of different, like, if you want, if you want a really weird space gun, uh, they've got them in all sorts of uh, odd colors. Uh, it so, looks uh, cool in white, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Something filthy would want. 
yeah, there's like black and uh, green, uh, like OD green, a white, uh, a tan, just like just yeah. all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, it's a neat looking gun, but space gun. It is a space gun for sure. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. Eh, if we could I've shoot never... full auto, like that, that's what it's made for, right? <laughs> it is. It's it really it, is made for full auto. Yeah, because yeah. that I mean that recoil is going straight back. There is no muzzle flipperosity on this thing. Well, I, well, from what I hear, I've never actually shot one. It's got that uh, that action thing that goes down just in front of the magwell, and that's what helps pull the barrel down as well, so it doesn't yeah. flip up whatsoever. Yeah, and the fact that the barrel is in line with your trigger, as opposed to over your trigger, really makes a, a difference too. But yeah, I'd like to shoot one someday just to see what it's like, but it's a weird-looking gun, but if that's what you're after, dude, <laughs> get to her. <laughs> Oh, Chad's got one of those. Uh, listener, uh, Chad's got a. I should ask him if he can bring it out to the uh, the course we're doing in in two weeks here. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should tell him to bring it out to the pistol course too. Is he coming to the pistol course? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Perfect, Chad. Bring it out to the pistol course. <laughs> Matthew needs to shoot it. I need to shoot it. <laughs> All right. Well, joining us now we have Jeff from. Tile flatter flatter what is it again? <laughs> oh, it's 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 pronounced the worst name in the world. <laughs> it's like when I first tried to pronounce it, it was Teofladermis. That's how I pronounced it the first time. And in fact, I've got a YouTube channel where I, I actually got an idea from one of your videos. It was the nail gun blank shooting the twenty two pellets out of a twenty two rifle. And okay. I, I said, yeah, I got this idea from uh, this guy. Uh, he's got a channel called Teo Fluttermouse. The number one comment on that on my, that video is, that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> and people laughing at my pronunciation of it. It's terrible. So you want, come on, man. You tell us how to say it. It's Tao Flatermouse. <laughs> Tao Flatermouse. All right. And that, right, that means what? But you, learned some, you learned something there. To get the most comments on a video... Do something wrong, That's and you'll it. get a flood of them. You know, absolutely yes. Do something wrong, or just don't put any effort into it, and you'll get all kinds of comments and uh, <laughs> remarks. Yeah, just mispronounce a word a little bit, and it people just like laser beams fo- focus on that. And- oh, they jump on it. Well, I've got, I've got. I don't know if you know what hitchhiker thumbs are, but it's thumbs that bend like ninety degrees backwards from. Like I can bend them all the way forward, but I can also bend them ninety degree backwards. And I got a video where you can really see this. And again, number one comment: "Man, those thumbs are freaky." <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, I know. Thank you." But what did you think of the gun? <laughs> yeah, it's like we did. We did the video on those crappy bolo rounds. Mm-hmm. I I love getting the like Europeans riled up to, talking about like the metric system and stuff. You know. Yep. I. That's like 90% of the comments and, you know, oh, you Americans and your backwards <laughs> imperial system. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I hit that one out of the park, man. They don't realize I was just trolling them, you know. And, yep. And, oh, it's, it's I get a, I, I'm, I guess I'm sadistic that way or something, you know. Well, it's, it's funny it's, and it does make good commentary, right? It's just something to laugh at while, uh, while you're. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the level of fury that these guys have, you know. They just got, get unhinged. Over, you know, over a way you measure something, it's unbelievable. Exactly, over a unit of measurement. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you're you're uh, you just insulted their mom or their religion or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, centimeters instead of inches. Oh no, it's the end of the world. 
Well, we, uh, Canada is fortunate where we live. Ninety uh, percent of our population lives within like ten miles of the U.S. border, or something like that. So most Canadians are fluent in uh, in both metric and imperial, which is kind of nice. But yeah, I can get people from like Sweden and over in Europe and whatnot. Like it's it's metric only. That's all they have over there. So I can see why they're getting all all upset <laughs> talking about inches and yards. You know, they're they're talking about how. How you know they're trying to make themselves you know like they're so much smarter than us. It's like well, well, well hold on a second, yeah. <laughs> the, the metric system is system is so much easier. So you're smarter than us because you can count to ten. Meanwhile, you have to remember there's five thousand two hundred feet in a mile and twelve inches in a foot and thirty six inches well, in a yard and <laughs> converting fractional inches to decimal inches. Oh and my convert- gosh! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was a machinist and you know and. You know, you had to convert. You had to know all this stuff in your head, and then know what size drill bit to use yep. for a five eighths whatever <laughs> tap. And sure. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we're talking a lot about a lot of guns, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a gun podcast having a gun YouTube on. And what are we talking about? Well, the imperial system, of course, obviously. <laughs> What about the proper pronunciation of aluminum? Ooh, that'll get people going. It's aluminium, isn't it? People are very passionate about that too. It's it's hilarious. Uh huh. So so let's go back just real quick, just for a second. So what does Tau Flatermouse mean? Okay, well, back when I used to do a lot of gaming, I I I I played a, a game called Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome third third or first person shooter. Yep. So I thought, oh, I need a I need a name for this. So I I wanted some German, and I um and there's this cartoon called The Tick, and The Tick <laughs> had this character. It goes deep. <laughs> they had a character called Deflator Mouse, who was like a a really horrible Batman character kind of guy. And all the all the care all there it was I don't know if you remember that cartoon but it was pretty funny because it was just like regular dudes that just like dressed up and pretended they were superheroes in this in this city and they all had a gimmick and they were just regular dudes with no superpowers but but they like to dress up. I remember the show. It was um yeah. it's terrible. It, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was it was like it was probably more geared towards adults than uh kids, you know, but it was just like a cult classic cartoon at the time. So that you know, I I wanted to name myself Deflator Mouse and um I think that name was already taken or something like that. So I I just I was Flater Mouse, just to make it simpler, I guess. But um then I, you know, you know how the, the clans and everything gaming clans are. Yeah. There was a, a, a clan called Tau. That was the tag or whatever, you know, T A O. And it, it actually meant the awesome ones. <laughs> and it was like, I, I didn't name it, but, you know. How modest so that of was, them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, when, we, when, when YouTube was very new, we, would put, we, had, we had our own servers and everything. And we would post, uh, like, uh, screenshots of cheaters using wall hacks and stuff from our server on, in videos and, and out them, you know. It's like, just... And so I just registered on YouTube as Tau Flater Mouse. So huh. and never, stuck. never changed. Yeah, well, back in like 2006, you know, when I registered. Well, you can't change it now. I mean, now no. people finally know how to pronounce it, so there's no sense in changing it. 
Yeah, it, w- it would be nice to have a catchy, memorable name and everything, but I don't think names are that important, really. They really know? aren't, and I don't. They're... I think your channel's proof of that. You've got how many subscribers you got now? Eight hundred some something thousand. So almost a million. It's it's getting there. It's it's a slow, slow creep. You know, sometimes I get a burst of, you know. Well, that's that's uh, when somebody's posted one of your videos to Reddit, right? You get a big burst when that happens. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, <laughs> but. Opti- you know the funny thing about you know when a video is shown on a on a, a website off off of uh, YouTube, a lot of people aren't registered on YouTube, right? And there's not a lot of migration from another website to back to YouTube to s- subscribe. They'll watch you're, your video. And you're right. You get a lot it, of you know? views when that happens, but maybe not a lot of subscribers. As long as, as long as it's embedded and they didn't just re-upload it or something like that, you know. Right. But yeah, Reddit can be very very uh, lucrative if if you know, you get really, really lucky, and it's featured on the front page or or whatever. You know, it's like yep. a hot, but that's that's like winning the lottery, really. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to hard to uh, predict when it's going to happen. How did yeah. You, um, how did you get started in doing uh, gun videos? Um, I don't know. Well, my first <laughs> video, was, my, my first very first video was a gun video, and it was I had taken an airsoft gun, a P ninety airsoft a really cheap p90 airsoft gun and i figured out how to take you know i took it apart and i figured that i could um fit a 1022 inside of it and it just absolutely fit perfectly in there the dimensions and everything were just ideal the length width height everything it just worked out perfectly and um so i posted a video of that and it's like you know, it's like one of those videos. It's sitting on the floor, and you can kind of see my toes. You know, my, <laughs> one of those videos. Yeah, right, right. It was, it was just really, be- uh, you know, crappy video. Um, but you know, no one had ever done that before. People weren't doing those stock modifications like they are now with 1022s. There was just at the time there was just a few 1022 stocks out there that were kind of uh, tactical looking and stuff like that. And I, I wanted I wanted something that was for you know really compact like a bullpup and everything for like home defense or whatever. It, so I I just lucked out you know I bought the stock and um, I was originally gonna mill the mill an entire stock using um, oh like phenolic or something like that. And I I had started doing that. It was like layer you know it was like three layers of half inch phenolic and I started milling it out and everything. And I just bought the cheap airsoft as kind of a pattern, you know, for a pattern so I can get dimensions off of it. And uh, then I just like, hey, that 1022 will fit in there. <laughs> so I just went that way, and it, and it, you know, it's a, it's a lot lighter than the phenolic. The phenolic stock probably would have would have weighed like five pounds on its own. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, that worked out nicely then. Yeah, yeah. But that was like my my claim to fame, I guess, as as far as some innovative new, you know, stock. Right, but uh, you know, what's funny is a lot of people copied that design. You know, like uh, um, there's somebody actually made a a P90 stock exactly like that using the same. I mean, it it, it they pretty much copied exactly what I did. It's, and the, the hard part was getting the linkage from the from the P90 trigger back to the uh, 1022 trigger. It, it's really complicated. It was like a snake going through the stock. You know, it, it had a you know. It, it was really that was the hardest part, I think, and oh, they man. they copied, copied that, and you know, but yeah, I never had any plans of marketing it or anything like that, so it's not not like it's a big deal, you know. 
but it was yeah. I guess it was kind of an honor, you know, they liked it enough to steal my idea. Well, they obviously <laughs> credited you, right? I mean, come on. No. Oh, no. 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 That's not yeah. how it happens on the internet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they 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 posted a video of it and I go, "Man, that sure looks familiar." <laughs> or something like that. And then they 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 I, I kind of they must have caught them off guard because they were like, "Oh, well, uh, uh, you know," they were trying to, you know, explain that they came up with the idea and, and uh, you know, it was a little bit different. And you know, it's like they, they even offered to send me a stock, one of their stocks for review, but that of course never happened. You know, <laughs> you guys, ever, you, you guys ever get offers for stuff and it just never pans out? They never send it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had that happen. Well, it's it's I, funny you 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 mentioned the the bullpup um, here in Canada. We've got we, <coughs> we've got some odd laws, and and one of them is we can't uh, we can't have bullpup stocks that work with a rifle that has a conventional stock, but we can have bullpup rifles. So we can have like hmm. all sorts of we can have like Tavors up here, uh, but you couldn't ever have a stock for that would make like an SKS into a bullpup or a ten twenty two bullpup or any such thing. So we've we've definitely got some. Are you in a state with with weird gun laws? I'm in California, so oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think there's worse states, though. To be honest with you, but yeah, it's it's just getting worse and worse here. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, it's just when you think it's it's just, California can't be any more of an embarrassment to itself. They pass another law and just everybody's laughing at us now. Even uh, Australia's probably laughing at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty rough. We've, got some pretty crappy yep. ones here too but yep. yeah even some of even some of ours are better than some of the ones that are in california it's yeah i'd, I'd rather live here than california with the gun laws <laughs> i mean the, the weather's nice i mean <laughs> yes that i look yes. weather related I'd, I'd love to live there for the weather but uh yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's all i've got though <laughs> <laughs> well awesome. at least you've got that <laughs> yeah well so uh your your channel's really well known for uh, for like all sorts of like over the top crazy shotgun shells and slugs and and all sorts of weird stuff. What's the what in your opinion? What's the coolest shotgun shells that uh, that you've tried and and, and videotaped? The I, I think I think it's probably still the French uh, Sauvest. Um, it's it's like a little arrow that's uh, it's a like a sabo. It, it it looks like something from uh, like a steampunk round or something like that. It's it's the weirdest. It's a long dart. Half of it's made out of lead, and the other part is plastic with little mm-hmm. fins on it. And it those things were just the bizarroest things that we ever shot. I I think. And they those were well, commercial. They they were somebody was selling them in the United States. I think there was one distributor, and I think they stopped. I can't remember the name of it of the of the guys selling it here. They're probably just like way too expensive, but man, they're still selling them in France. They have a even they even have a, a non lead version that's just made out of copper or brass or something like that. I wonder if that'd and, even uh, be legal here, eh, Joe? Because we're not allowed to have what they call flechettes, which would be like a dart. I These are almost a flechette. These are almost yeah. a flechette. It's it's a it's a. Um, I think it's really designed for uh, for a real flat trajectory. Uh, because it's like an arrow, you know, almost. Yeah. It's, but it, it will expand because it, you know the tip of it's made out of lead, but it's it's a really skinny bullet. It's uh, I don't know, maybe ten millimeters in in diameter. Did you get in, Did you get good accuracy out of them? 
Yeah. I the see what you did there, by the way. You said millimeters, so that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I, 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 it's, it's a, it's, you know, when I, when I get these slugs from France or Russia or something, it's like, it, it seems like it's appropriate to use whatever units of measurement that they use, you know? Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think everybody knows what a millimeter is, you know? And, and it's really small. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will use millimeters and, and grams more often than I will grains and ounces for right. slugs. Yeah. It's just it's easier for me, you know? Yeah. No, those would be, those would be cool. Um, uh, just in terms of like, <laughs> because I think this will be funny for our listeners. <laughs> because as soon as you say bear defense, like Canadians get like real righteous about their about their selection about what they would use. But uh, which homemade slug would you use for uh, for bear defense? <clears throat> oh my gosh, <clears throat> maybe a wax, maybe a wax slug. You know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm so I, those are some of my favorite rounds, just because they're they're just so I don't know, just easy to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're talking um, about the ones the, that are are wax and and birdshot kind of all in one. Yeah, they they don't penetrate worth a dang. But uh, well, I think for a they, bear, wouldn't you want something to penetrate a little better? I think I might want that French arrow thing you got there. <laughs> well, that's not homemade though, you know. Oh, true, he did say homemade, didn't? Yeah. He? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. The bear one, or I mean, there's some Russian ones. That, the the freaking Russians are so much far advanced than we are. Um, yeah. You've you've got that video on crazy Russian shotgun slug that like defies physics or something like that. I think I, um, I well I've got yeah, it. Yeah, the right one with now. the yeah the uh, oh I can't remember the name of it. it. The mayor's bullet, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It looks like it wouldn't be stable going through the air because it's a it's basically just a hollow tube with fins on the outside of it. Um, but I didn't know what to expect there because. The guy that sent it to me, Lars from the, uh, I'll give him a little shout out here, but the Survival Russia, he, he sent me those slugs and, and they were just beat up. It looked like they were in a tackle box for years or something, just oxidized lead and everything. <laughs> um, he, he, you know, he had the, his understanding was that they were just, they tumbled through the air and they weren't accurate and were junk, but those were, were quite impressive as, and we, you know, it, You'd think that the airflow goes through the center of it, but that's not really the case. I think the 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 the, the big cavity there is just to create just tremendous hydrostatic shock and act like a gigantic hollow point. And, the, and when we shot it through gel, I mean that that slug just like opened up into a you know a piece of lead that was like th- three inches long. You know, it just unraveled it. It was just pretty. It was it was a cool. That was a good slug. And that's an old 1960s design that some Russian guy came up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Soviet Russia, <laughs> shotgun shocks you. I, I, I got nothing. I shocks know. the heck out of you. But, <laughs> but I guess the, the the thing that really surprises me is, you know, you think you, you, the the countries that you don't think really are into guns or gun technology have some of the most advanced stuff, you know, and it and it, it's really because that's you know they it's really difficult to get a rifle or a handgun, but they don't discourage hunting, so you know. So most of the hunters use shotguns. So they just focus on creating, you know, very advanced ammunition for those shotguns. And, and most of them are smoothbores, so they don't have any rifling. So it's advanced smoothbore shotgun rounds that they they come up with. 
Yeah, mother or uh, necessity is the mother of invention, they say, huh? So if you've oh, got nothing yeah. else, you can't go to the store and buy a buckshot or a slug. Well, you make your own, and, and you you don't, you don't think outside the box because you don't know what the box is. You just, oh, let's make the best thing we can think of for taking down a bear. So, <laughs> Yep. And, and you know, and, and here we've been using the foster slug for, for decades, you know. Yeah. I think it was the foster slug was invented in the 30s or something like that. And that works great, you know. It's like, why improve on that, you know. It's like most of the stuff that we shoot, uh, uh, the Walmart Foster Slug will probably outperform it every time, <laughs> <laughs> no matter how cool it looks and everything. Well, maybe just speaking about that, what's uh, what's a slug that you thought was going to work uh, really well, but then turned out to be a, just like a total disaster? <laughs> oh, well, those glass ones uh, worked out well, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they were a disaster, though. <laughs> but I mean, they <laughs> I knew they were going to tumble, but. Um, we just got some lucky shots there where it tumbled just in the right direction and then it hit the Kevlar vest and right at the the sharp end of the of the slug and it actually went through the vest, you know. So that was those were terrible. I you know anything that's long and bullet shaped like that is always going to fly sideways or tumble or something like that. Yep. Is all the weights in the back and yeah, without and, any rifling to stabilize it, there's no way that's going to fly light and forward. That's just that's not the way physics works. Yeah, and you, you can't really size glass where it's going to, you know, <laughs> gauge the rifling either, you know. No, you know not what I mean? really. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. I've got diamond rifling in my barrel. What? <laughs> well, I shoot glass <laughs> slugs. Oh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, is the is the glass, is, you know, it's just going to shatter the glass trying to go through that. And But, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect with those things, but that was... That was a, an, an, you know, it was a surprising video that it took off. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think it was like posted on Worldwide Hip Hop or whatever that website is for some reason. Oh. And it got like a ton of views on there. And it was also, it made it to Reddit, I guess, because it had a already look, you know, they look kind of artsy, fartsy looking, you know, all like crystals or something that were shooting. So. <laughs> the shiny stuff like that always attracts eyeballs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, have the uh, have the laws in California prevented you from doing any of the uh, any of the testing the, for the for the shells that you want you guys wanted to test? Like, are there any shotgun loads that you can't use there? Well, uh, I think the the dragon's breath is prohibited here, and I, I kind of understand that because it's it's a tinder box here, and, and it's it, it's really easy to start a wildfire because everything's so dry here in the summertime, and I but. Um, I, I can't really think of too many other uh, rounds that we can't get here. You know, even those stupid bolo rounds are legal here when they're <laughs> they're they're banned in uh, like Chicago or uh, Illinois and I think New Jersey and New York and Hawaii and all these places. You know, can for we, whatever reason, we re- have those here, Adriel. Do you know? I don't, oh, I know. don't know. Are they either. any good? They're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't want to try them. <laughs> They were terrible. They were overpriced. They were underpowered. And they didn't, uh, you know, you think it's going to fly through the air with the cable, you know, like a like a, a cheese cutter and just slice and dice through things. But it, the, we didn't even get the little cable to, to extend out or anything like that. No, it's uh, just, it just it, the cable's there more, I think, just to kind of hold them together to keep a nice tight pattern. But, I mean, they're going to do that anyway. We got, we, they were, they were, the only thing I could say about them is they were accurate. 
but it it was I don't think they were even it, they were even flying at supersonic speeds. They were so underpowered yeah. because if they could have you know really loaded them up a little more, a little hotter, I think the the cables would have just gotten ripped out of each other, mm. you know, just from the the shock and everything. Yeah, they probably have them loaded up as fast as they'll go, so the cable doesn't pull out, and then they stopped there. Yeah, and so that you could safely shoot the stupid things through any, you know, antique shotgun or anything, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But all oh, those things were terrible, <laughs> and they were expensive. they were like uh, four or five dollars around. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like those That's- drone shells. You. Oh. Yeah, I. Those were. Uh, those were a disappointment. I mean, they. they 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 did work. They did. I was hoping for better results. Honestly, I was hoping that these things were going to come out and like uh, like those tennis ball nets that you can get and like just like wrap itself around the drone and take it out. But it it just didn't seem to. It sort of did, but not yeah, the way yeah. I was thinking that it might. It went a lot faster than I thought it was going to go. I guess. Well, the, they were they just weren't accurate. They kind of worked against each other, against themselves as far as accuracy go because they mm-hmm. would. In one shot, you could see it pretty well, where it, one of the little cable or one of the strings got kind of tangled up. Yep. And it it kind of caused the round to deviate quite more than it should have. You know, the guys that were shooting weren't, you know, like novice shooters. There were a couple Mm-mm. cops. Mm-hmm. A lot of training in shotguns and stuff. And um, and we're only twenty five yards away. I mean. And that, yeah, that's that was kind close. of I, that that's good for a shotgun. I mean, you if you can't hit stuff with at 25 yards with a shotgun, there's something wrong with the shotgun or the ammo or you. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. And um I mean, you could probably hip fire a, some bird shot and and hit it every time, you know. Yeah. And um yeah, those <laughs> I I those are around I, I was I was probably never going to test out be, unless the company was going to send me some. Right. I, I have no shortage of, of stuff to shoot as it is. And I, I and for the price of those things, it was $20 for three rounds. It's like, <laughs> ridiculous. Heck, yeah. It's like seven that, bucks a know? shot. <laughs> and I, I have gotten a, a couple companies to send me stuff. And But the thing is, they were confident in their product. Yeah. And they knew what kind of audience I had. Um, you know, like ballistic products in Gualandi. Gualandi is a a slug manufacturer in Italy, and they sent me these, those, the Guabo steel, those crazy fragmenting steel slugs. Yeah, that had never been tested here or shot here. You know, it was it was it was new to the United States, and they felt confident. But the the funny thing is, they go, these have to be shot through a full rifle barrel, and then the that's what um, ballistic products was saying. I got this big note in the box, it, but I was also talking to somebody from Gualandi. I don't know if he was like the CEO or, or marketing guy or whatever. He goes, "No, these are made for smooth bores." <laughs> so, so we were able, I, you know, we, we were able to shoot them through a right, fully rifled and also through a smooth bore, and it was just as accurate in either either case. Yeah. So at least we were able to show that because if. Ballistic products, even on their website, says it must be shot through a rifled barrel. It's Meanwhile, like, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't. It works beautifully out of maybe, a smooth Maybe bolt. all they had on the premises when they tested it was a rifled barrel, and it worked. So they figured, well, we better make sure it's a rifled barrel for all of them. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where they got that idea. It's, yeah, because in Italy, they don't have rifled barrels. Right. It's, it's all smoothbore. They, it's side by, over-unders or side-by-sides or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. It, 
that's how they design their amu ammunition is to be you don't need spin stabilization. Yeah. And 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 people have this idea that taking a slug that doesn't need spin it's you know it's optimized for no spin stabilization and shooting it through, through a fully rifled barrel is somehow going to make it better, more accurate or something. No. People, no, if, it, I, if it's designed for one thing and you do something else with it, chances are it's not going to work as well. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like like thinking that a jet fire is going to go faster if you do barrel rolls or whatever, you know? No, by by putting uh, speed holes in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> let's lighten it's, this airframe up. Let's let's shoot it with the three out three for a while. <laughs> but I, I get a, a ton of comments. You know, it's like, oh, you should have shot that through a fully rifled barrel. And it's like, oh, they don't have fully rifled barrels in Russia. They, yeah. they some of them use full. They, they'll use a, a rifled choke tube, and um, but yeah, you know it. it it's a totally different class of firearm when you have a, a fully rifled barrel. It becomes a sh- uh, rifle, basically, instead of a shotgun. Yep. Yep. That changes things sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just a little thing like that. And it's it's hard enough to, to get a, a a shotgun in Russia. You know, the, the legal stuff is, is just kind of crazy. Yeah. I think you have to you wait like five years or something before you that. Wow. And then you have, or it, and then it's it's like seven years before after that before you can get a rifle you know so guess what they they use shotguns over there yeah i'm glad for the laws we do have here then they're a little bit more reasonable than that mm-hmm. not much but a little <laughs> yeah you, you'd think you would think russia would be a little more i don't know tolerant you know or trusting of their well citizens. a lot of it is rural yeah. right it's like canada where there's not a lot of population density i don't know i mean you would think that out in the backwoods of russia you would want hunting gear and hunting gear are typically rifles so i I don't know Mm -hmm. why it's so hard for them to get but you know used to be a soviet uh uh, communist country and they like to keep tight rein on their populace so i guess that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and during during that occupation like um or whatever you want to call it you know like uh countries like latvia or uh Mm -hmm. you know you know um it was kind of the same laws there they could they could get these clunky Russian slugs, or a lot of a lot of the guys, to my understanding, just do their all their own reloading. They'll they'll buy like the the slugs and do their you know, yeah. do their own powder loads and all that stuff. But um, but they couldn't get a get a rifle or a handgun. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But it, you know, people have to hunt. I guess you know. It's so true. That's, I bet you Russia has that. some good hunting. All that land they got. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um. So so. The uh, the first video that I ever saw of yours, if I remember correctly, is the one where you shot the pellets through the rifle with the nail gun blanks. Where <laughs> did you get that idea? <clears throat> that came from a, a guy I worked with. Um, you, you know, I was at eating lunch or something in the lunchroom, and goes and we he, he's like big into guns and stuff, so we were always uh, talking about guns and stuff. And he goes, "Oh, I was at Lowe's the other day, and I saw these twenty two um <clears throat> blanks for like nail guns or whatever you know powder actuated tools um you ought to try shooting a pellet out of a 22 with those it's like wow that's that's kind of a cool idea it's, it's try a that. great idea <laughs> <clears throat> you, do you want to try it you want to shoot it so yeah he, he came out and filmed with us and um man those things were screaming fast they were and i so i'm, I'm you know it's one of those things that's like man someone had to have tried this before they, you just didn't. They just make it. Never made a video about it. But um, that's got to be the case. 
because I mean the, the 22 caliber pellet fits perfectly in a 22 caliber rifle and get nail gun blanks that are 22 caliber. I mean, come on. It's yeah, had to have happened before somewhere. But yeah, being the first one to throw it on YouTube, they, man, that 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 worked out well for you. <laughs> yeah, and um, <clears throat> but we had you know I, I it took me a while to figure out how to how to make them work because at first I was just gonna like take a little hot glue or or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And and stick them on the tip of of the crimp there, and that just didn't work. It, it I think the the pellet just ended up getting kind of lodged in the chamber there, and then a a couple times the it just boom it just blew the back back end of the case off. Oh really? And, I never had any of that happen to mine. Fortunately, oh, <laughs> it's it's really loud if you're using like a semi-automatic. Yeah. It's just, your ear, you know, the bolt flies open and the explosion all comes out in your ear, basically. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, I guess that's like the safety valve, I guess, you know, instead of yeah. the whole gun blowing up, the bolt just flies yeah. open. And- well, I ended up shoving the pellet down into the barrel to engage the rifling, and then I put the nail gun blank in behind it. And I got, I still didn't get any decent accuracy. I mean, I was at, oh, I don't know, 15 yards, maybe even 10 yards, and I was getting, like, a foot diameter spread at that distance. Oh. Like, it was ridiculously terrible. It it wasn't that bad for us. Uh, I mean, we tried <clears throat> we tried shooting about, a, I don't know, maybe 50 yards, and it was like a three-foot area. <laughs> up, up close, up close, it wasn't too bad. But, yeah, the, I mean, they, they there's, I think they're going, like, 20 800 feet per second with oh, the yellow. Really, oh, yeah, it was really fast. I ended up detonating Tannerite with one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have the velocity, but... Yep, yeah, I, I did not know if it was going to work or not, but that uh, that that's... You know, I didn't want to rip you off completely because I wanted to do a video <laughs> on it too, so I that's added good. Tannerite into the mix and uh, said, hey, good. maybe this will shoot off Tannerite, and so... <laughs> wow. Not it a, did. It wasn't, it wasn't even the 22-sensitive Tannerite, or... No, it was legit full center... Fire Tannerite. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. probably had enough velocity there to, and then some, you know? Probably, yeah. I mean, they were, I chronographed mine too. I can't remember how fast they were going, but they were, they were well over 2,000 feet per second. Well over. <laughs> like they, like you said, stupid fast. <laughs> and you really can't put much of a heavier projectile in there than a pellet because the pressure is so great. That's right. It, and you're just going to cause a big old barrel, a pressure spike if you try to put an actual you know, like a 223 round in there or a oh, 22 yeah, no, that bullet. Would, no, oh, yeah, no, that would just blow up the gun probably. Well, it would just come out the back just like it did for you, those other ones. Well, but if you're using like a bolt action, who knows what's going to happen there, you know, when you got it, the breech locked down like that, you know? Yeah, but it's probably like, getting onto borderline dangerous at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that leads me to the next question. Have you done anything where you, right before you pulled the trigger, you thought to yourself, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, not really, because I, I I do think things out really well. That's and good. I don't I don't just stuff anything in a shotgun shell. It, I I have to make sure the diameter is correct, the, the, and the weight is correct for the right. powder load and everything. And my philosophy is the the shotgun doesn't know the difference between an ounce of lead and an ounce of feathers. No, you're right. An ounce, an of ounce glass. Of an ounce. Or, yeah, and as long as the tolerances are correct and um. You know the weight is isn't too heavy. You, you're you're okay. You know there's it, the shotgun's very versatile. I mean you're shooting. You can shoot slugs, buck, um, you know birdshot out of it. You know yeah yeah three yeah, very different as, things. As far as weapons platforms go, the shotgun is definitely the most versatile. I'd say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But cool. yeah, I can't recall of any, you know, I, I, since I'm, another important thing is since I'm filming like a volunteer shooting, I don't want to put them at risk. Exactly. I don't want to. Yeah. <clears throat> now we did, we had one instance where we kind of screwed up. We were shooting at um, some bulletproof glass and it was just, it was after we had filmed and everything. And we, I made these slugs out of birdshot and, um, like plaster of Paris stuff like, <laughs> okay. um, um, what rock hard putty it was called. <laughs> and, and there was just real light little slugs in a, in a pellet shape. And I made a, you know, I used a mold and everything mm-hmm. and we, and Greg shot at the bulletproof glass on the witness side. The witness side has a layer of like polycarbonate on the side on, on that side. So, so it was like a, you know, he shot it and, Bam! It, it was like a trampoline. All that shot came flying back at us. Oh no way! It, yeah, we got a little peppered with with shot. <laughs> that, that was like the wor- that was like the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you just you, you didn't know that was going to happen until you did it, right? It's not like you right. can predict that sort of thing. Now you know. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> and it was just like I said. It was just after we were filming and we were just kind of screwing around and um, didn't you know didn't think it through. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta think of all the scenarios like. The angle of the target that you're shooting at, yeah, you know that's really important. You know, we we never put an uh, a, a a hard target or even a you know even like the lead target at exactly perpendicular. So no, you, know, you want always, it set up so that it's going to deflect off one way. Yeah, yeah, it's always a little bit angled to away from our cars <laughs> and <laughs> and maybe leaning back so it it kind of if it if it you know bounces off it'll just go safely in a in the right direction it's like yeah. playing pool yeah so just doing that shooting at a hard steel target or whatever it it it, it definitely works just using the geometry like that yeah cool well why don't you tell our listeners where they can come find you on youtube and uh kind of give yourself a plug there <laughs> well they'll never they'll never remember the name but <laughs> we'll have a I, link to it in the show notes for oh, sure okay. but uh but <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh talflater mouse on youtube and um I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's it, huh? You you don't have yeah. like uh, Twitter or any of that other stuff. Instagram. Well, I, and... I, I, I I have I started a Facebook account just because I I realized that a lot of people were not registered on YouTube and a lot of people are registered on on Facebook, so right. they can they can get a hold of me or or see my Talflater Mouse page there. And right. I'll have uh, I'll show some of the stuff I'll be shooting in the future there and. Oh, try to cool. get their pictures. You know, like, do you think this will work? And you know, and most of the time, oh, it'll never, it'll, it'll tumble. It'll, yeah. you know. But cool. yeah, I give people a heads up there what's going on. And I have a Twitter, but I, I don't know how that works. So. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> me either. Stuff, just too. You know, I want to focus on one place. You know, and answer people, answer comments and stuff on YouTube the most. And um, but the 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 private message system on YouTube is so. So clunky and it's and, terrible. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they need uh, to, they need to fix that. If they fix that, YouTube would be a great place to hang out. <laughs> I I I even emailed YouTube and say, you know, I can't even manage all these comments I've or these PMs I've got. You can't even delete them. And I've got like thousands and thousands yeah. of these old. Yep. Yeah, they just that, sit there. Nothing you can do with them. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and then sometimes <laughs> well, you'll get an email saying somebody contact you 
and then you go there and it's not there. Yes, it's I just, get that all the time too. Yeah. <sighs> oh well. So well, on that note, where we uh, you know completely criticize YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they. What, YouTube is famous for breaking things at work. <laughs> and then they'll never make you know they'll never make the correction back again because they don't make U-turns. <laughs> no U-turns dude, for YouTube. <laughs> it's like a a dude who won't take uh you know pull over and ask for directions, you know. Right. Driving off that cliff. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Well, Jeff, it was a pleasure having you on. And, uh, you know, if you do any cool, wacky new things ever in the future, let us know. We'd love to talk to you again about it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, thanks again to Jeff from Tau Fleddermouse. Look at that. I think I said it right. Maybe. Tau Fleddermouse? Tau Fleddermouse? Tau Fleder? Yeah, sure. I think it's Flader. Yeah, you're probably right. There we go. I didn't get it right anyway. I never get it right. <sighs> Oh, well. Anyway, thanks to Jeff for coming on and talking to us. Uh, that was fun to have him on. And I guess we'll slide into some listener feedback. So I do want to bring us this yeah. first one from Malcolm. You bet. From Malcolm, you guys have an excellent show. And I that's it. Li- Thank you, Malcolm, yeah. for, yeah, that's really all we need for, to hear from him, do we? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, yeah, keep, keep, keep going, I guess. I guess there's a bit more. <laughs> Ah, a little bit more here. Uh, I always look forward to listening in each week. Great variety of topics. Make my, makes my drive to and from work very interesting. Although I have two old fiberglass straight bows, I am no archer. Sorry, Trevor. But archery talk is usually kept to an acceptable limit. I'm pretty sure those uh, fiberglass straight bows are exactly what Trevor uses, too. He, um, he, he sort those of are a competition tradi- bows. Yeah. Yep. And, and you have to make sure that the tips, like most people, like you got to make sure that uh, you, you bend those the wrong way for sure. <laughs> well, don't you just carve uh, like arrows out of like just tree branches and stuff? And just you shoot can those? do that, yes. And most people yeah. get like superior accuracy. Uh, you have to use elm wood though. Elm is the best, followed by willow wood. Uh, just uh, just a little pro tip there from one archer to another. Trevor just had a stroke, I bet. He doesn't even know why, but he just did. (laughs) Uh, He continues, um, even though I don't fly uh, fly often anymore, the private pilot in me does like to hear Matthew's flying stories. This is bonus content for me. All right. (laughs) Uh, I still miss Owen's prepping advice. Yeah, so do we. Unless he's talking about Comfrey, in which case, not so much. (laughs) Uh, although I was skeptical at first, only because I don't like change, both Adriel and Kelly have proven to be excellent additions to the show. Keep up the great work, guys and gal. It is appreciated. Take care, Malcolm. I concur. Adriel and Kelly both have been excellent additions. So yeah, yeah, I think so yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I hope I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You got it right the first time. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because uh, my dad's name is Malcolm, and, and Malcolm signed off Malcolm M., and which, of course, reminds me of my father because our last name is McClatchy. I'm like, my dad's writing the show? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's not him. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Malcolm M., for, for writing in. Um, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll have to have some more uh, flying stories. I went flying today, actually, right before the show. It was um, raining, but I went anyway because I wanted to. So there you go. There's a flying story for you. 
born. <laughs> he went flying in the rain. Went flying in the rain. <laughs> All right, this next one comes to us from NB Hillbilly, and he says, G'day, Trevor. Just found some time to listen to the show. Sounds like the Boyd stock has a low comb, so thanks for the advice. I guess I will follow the trend and get a Magpul. So I don't think you'll go wrong with that, Hillbilly, because um, those are nice stocks. Them 1022s are a friggin' money sucker, are they not? That sounded very newfy, actually. Not very New Brunswick, but very newfy. A friggin' money sucker, are they not? By the time I'm done fooling around with this thing, I will have been able to buy a DeLast Kid Volkwarzen. I did that once. Um, I bought a 1022, and by the time I was done with it, I had sunk almost $1,100 into it. <laughs> I could have bought, like, an, a really nice AR or, or anything. I could have, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, they are very easy to put money into. It was a it was a nice rifle. I really liked it. I don't know why I sold it. Yeah, I do. I got my 795, and it's better. But it was <laughs> it was a great rifle. I really did. I did enjoy that. Uh, we booked the 31st for the Tracy Maple Seed, so I look forward to meeting y'all. My plan was the two days, but I think we'll be pretty bagged for a long day of – or after a long day of schooling, and that comes to us from NB Hillbilly. So, yeah, um, I'm coming to that. And uh, and so is Trevor. So yeah, we're looking forward to meeting you too, man. It's going to be a, a good time. Adriel, you're going to come out for that too, right? I mean, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll just uh, I'll just uh, ride a horse over there or something. I'll hop onto the corporate Slamfire jet and we'll, uh, we'll we go. fly over. Yeah. If you'd like to email the show, you can send an email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. Uh, no new iTunes reviews. But if you'd like to leave an iTunes review, we highly encourage it. Uh, Shoutouts? Uh, yeah, I've got one to Sheldon from the Bittern Lake Lodge uh, for taking me and my buddy out shooting snow geese. It was a blast. Um, you know, he did a, he did some work in uh, in doing some like pre scouting and like finding some finding the snow geese in the area. And uh, um, yeah, loved it. It was awesome. Thanks, Sheldon. Sweet. Good times. All right. Um, Trevor, Kelly, any shout-outs from you? Oh, yeah, you're not here. Uh, (laughs) uh, What are you going to do? Patreon. We do have a Patreon uh, thing. What what do you call it? A Patreon page? Patreon? Uh, Yeah. Or or do you just say we have Patreon? Um, I don't know the vernacular. Yeah. Because, like, I have a YouTube channel. I have a gun podcast. But what do you... You have a Patreon thing. Anyway, we do the Patreon and uh, we've got a we've got a lot of really cool supporters. Um, all of the supporters are awesome, and there is special content for anybody who supports us through Patreon. We basically put out uh, a, a bonus episode once a month. In fact, we're due for another one really soon. And and yeah, it's basically uh, us just jabbering on with uh, either a Patreon supporter or, or somebody else, and and we just you know talk and and have a good time and a little bit more laid back than what the show is now, which. It's hard to do, but we somehow manage. But anyway, if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, you can uh, just go onto the website, slamfireradio.com. In the upper right corner, I think there's a link that says support us on Patreon or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And we, we, we love all of our supporters. They are amazing. And uh, I guess that's all I have to say about that. We send them patches and stuff. We do. Yeah, you get free patches yeah. and stickers. So that's cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, swag. Swag is Good awesome. Good stuff. Gun swag. Gun swag. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, if you haven't already, you should join a National Firearms Association. Uh, the CCFR is a good one. So is the CSSA. Uh, they 
help support us and with this uh, liberal majority government we have now we need all the help we can get so if you haven't joined please join um, get out there do some shooting shoot some three gun there's lots of three guns coming up go shoot some clays if you want go hunting heck just go out and shoot some steel gongs and blow up a snowman with some tannerite <laughs> look do whatever you want get out there and have some fun with your guns because that's what they're there for right the spring is here finally so get outside shoot your guns they miss you they really do <laughs> check us out on gun owners of canada because we have a thing over there it's uh, a thing a page a, a forum a patreon no thread thread, thread. There, maybe a thread forum? maybe a page a uh, page a string i don't know i no idea but anyway gun owners of canada is a really cool online gun community so you should check that out if you haven't already Head on over to Facebook and give us a like there if you like. We're at 1,642. And, and you know, feel free to send us things. We we love getting things. We, we had a list last year that was like five minutes long. This year so far, it's uh, 10 gold stars, a signed 858 petition, four thumbs up, two Harambe thumbs, one Mogan David, two Sig P226 handguns, three platinum bullets, an adult-inspired foregrip, a Trevor Trigger, and a 50 BMG round. So, by the way, those are all um, fictional things. They're imaginary. So you just feel free to send us one in an email, and we'll add it to the list. Um, the more ridiculous, the better. Well, the Trevor Trigger isn't fictional because he does get triggered uh, often. Trevor does and, get uh, triggered regularly. Doesn't take a lot of, like, it's a very light trigger. It, it's like a hair trigger, if you will. <laughs> Can't trigger him on SKSs though anymore because he's anymore. got what? How many of those things does he's, he have? He's got three now. He bought another one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to go back in in one of our older episodes and find one where he calls him crap or something like that. We need to and do then, that. Like, if you can slice find it that, in. yes. If you can find that, we totally got to slice it in somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yep. All right. Well, um, Adriel, any last parting thoughts, wisdom, pearls of whatever? No, I don't got any of those. Nah, me but either. good All night. Right. A good good night <laughs> and go. goodbye. <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.